Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, bare man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Email the program at info at rudymaxa.com or follow us on Facebook at Rudy Max's World. And now, America's number one travel radio show, Rudy Max's World. Welcome aboard. I am indeed Rudy Maxa, a.k.a. the Savvy Traveler. And on this show, we talk travel coming up this hour. Have you given much thought to the carpeting in airports you've visited? Well, in Portland, Oregon, that's a very, very hot topic. That's because acres of carpet laid in 1987. Those acres of carpets being changed out. It's got a lot of people up in arms, or at least feeling nostalgic. Now you can buy a beer named in honor of the carpet with, a, I presume, a label that resembles the carpet. You'll meet people in Portland with the carpet's uh, uh, design tattooed on their bodies. Later this hour, we're going to meet the architect who years ago put that carpet in the Portland airport and had no idea it would become a cult favorite and a national issue now. Plus, a woman. Uh, we're also going to meet a woman who's making hats using what Portlandiers consider the carpet's iconic design. In another topic, it's a family affair. One of America's best-known tour companies, Colette, is a family business. Bob and Mary Carey will talk with the grandson of the founder, Dan Sullivan, who knows how to show you the world. And spring break is just around the corner, no matter what the thermometer says where you live. It's a little hard to see from here in Minnesota, but uh, the calendar says so. A travel writer whose expertise is how to travel sanely with kids, Eileen Ogans, uh, will uh, suggest ways to make this year's spring break a trip everyone in the family will remember fondly. She'll be coming up toward the end of the hour. Before we meet our guests, let's take a quick look at some of this week's news and travel. Well, first, there's that American Airlines flight attendant who pilfered thousands of dollars worth of contributions from passengers meant to benefit the U.N. fund that benefits children. 58-year-old Marco Costa, he's the American Airlines flight attendant, would walk the aisles of international flights, collecting change from passengers as part of Americans' campaign to collect spare foreign currency for UNICEF's Change for Good program. Except this guy Costa allegedly put the coins not into the bag it was supposed to go in for UNICEF, but into the trunk of his car. So many coins weighed about 700 pounds. Investigators found $2,900 worth of euros in the trunk of his car, $1,800 worth of British pounds, <clears throat> excuse me, and about 150 U.S. dollars. He was unmasked when Port Authority cops at New York's Kennedy Airport noticed the rear of his car was sort of sagging low to the ground. They suspected explosives. They got permission to take possession of his car, and that's where they found the suitcases filled with about $5,000 in coins. All right, this guy gets the dastard of the week award. I don't know. Paris Hilton's younger brother, Conrad Hilton, yeah, he's a descendant of the famous hotelier of the same name. He didn't bring much honor to the Hilton family name after he turned himself into the FBI this week. The 20-year-old Conrad was charged with assaulting and intimidating flight attendants on a British Airways flight last summer. And in doing so, according to the legalese, he interfered with the performance of the duties of the flight attendants and lessened the ability of the flight attendants to perform their duties. That's an understatement. He could face up to 20 years in prison. On July 31st of last year, he allegedly exhibited strange behavior while walking up and down the aisles of the flight that was coming from London to L.A. He allegedly smoked in the lavatory, called passengers peasants. Flight attendants said he appeared to be under the influence of drugs. He said he'd just broken up with his girlfriend. He'd been kicked off other airlines while he cursed flight attendants who were trying to get him to sit down in his seat. It went on and on, and young Conrad promised everybody his father would buy him out of any trouble so they couldn't do anything to him. His father, Rick, is the grandson of the Conrad Hilton. Anyway, the younger 
era, was finally handcuffed 75 minutes before the flight landed. Met by police in L.A., freed on a $100,000 bond this week. He'll be arraigned early next month. Now, if you saw Friday's Wall Street Journal and read the story on the front page about New York City's subway system, you can be forgiven if you never want to leave your home. This was an incredible piece. Apparently, for not apparently, but reportedly, for the last 18 months, um, experts have been going into New York subway stations and wiping down or swabbing down railings and coin machines and you know, seats, and have found just an entire universe of microbes that you can't quite believe. Can't quite believe, as I say. It makes you want to never leave your, your house. Now, let me preface this by saying none of these have led to any diseases that we know of, but uh, um, this is a transit system that about 5.5 million riders do every day, and the, the, the uh, scientists wanted to see how commuters seed the subway every day with bacteria from the food they eat, the pets or the plants they keep, their trash, sneezes, unwashed hands. They detected signs of more than 15,000 types of life forms. Almost half of the DNA belonged to bacteria, most of it harmless. Um, however, they said that uh, every person, I didn't know this, I, think, uh, I don't know, I don't, I'm never, I don't know if I'm ever leaving my bedroom, every person trails a distinctive collection of microbes, shedding about one and a half million microscopic skin cells every hour. Bacteria from a person's body can colonize a hotel room in less than six hours, according to the U.S. Department of Energy's Argonne National Laboratory in Illinois. They just recently discovered that. <laughs> Next time you walk in a hotel room, think about all the people who've stayed there and how they can colonize the room with their back microscopic skin cells in just about six hours. Anyway, um, so these were a bunch of Cornell scientists and student volunteers who dodged the rats. And Oh, my goodness. Anyway, uh, they found pathogens for a lot of the stations had pathogens for urinary tract infections for all kinds of exotic diseases. But again, I mean, the most amazing thing is that apparently none of these things happened. I mean, 13 stations had the germ that causes meningitis. Uh, the 103rd Street station had DNA from the germ that causes bubonic plague. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Just an amazing story. Uh, I've, uh, I think uh, Janet will put a link to it on... Um, on the Facebook fan page, if you actually did, I put a link to it. I can't remember. Maybe on the Facebook Facebook fan page, Janet. I've, Janet will know whether I put a link there or not. But it's quite an amazing story, and uh, and uh, you don't have to live in New York to go. Ah, you know, I just don't know. I just don't want to know. Now, the guy behind the uh, study has said he doesn't want people to be terrified. He just wants them to be intrigued. And believe me, and believe me, we are intrigued by this. It's quite an extraordinary. Uh, piece of writing. It was in, if you need to look it up on Wall Street at WSJ.com, it was in February, uh, Friday's, Friday's paper, February 6th uh, paper. Um, they found uh, DNA related to strep infections at 66 stations. 192 stations had urinary tract infections. They found E. coli at 58 stations and other bacteria related to food poisoning at 315 stations. Um, at spots in three stations on a garbage can, a MasterCard vending machine and a stairwell railing, they turned up traces of the bacteria that causes bubonic plague. <laughs> now, the New York Times rushed into print with a story saying, hey, it's okay. It's all right. This stuff is everywhere all the time. Just because it's there doesn't mean you're going to pick it up. But uh, I have had dear friends, I've had two girlfriends who are t total germaphobes, and I, uh, if they read this, I'm sure they're cowering somewhere under a blanket, probably not in a hotel room, because as we all know, you can uh, in six hours, someone's uh, microorganisms can totally take over that hotel room. All right. 
enough of that, but it uh, was, uh, was a most amusing and interesting story. Man, we, we just don't know what's going on, do we? Um, the, all the things we cannot see. All right, coming up, we're going to be talking about, about this carpet I mentioned at Portland's airport. It's got a design that, well, come back after this commercial and, and you'll see what the brouhaha is about, about the replacing of the carpet at Portland, Oregon's airport. Who knew? You're listening to Rudy Max's World. Stick around. To participate in the program and have some fun, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. We're coming right back. All coughs aren't the same, and neither are all cough medicines. Robitussin DM Max is a fast, powerful cough medicine with a unique dual-action liquid that instantly soothes your throat and relieves even the toughest coughs that can come with a cold. Wet, <coughs> dry, <coughs> and hacking. <coughs> Don't let a cough control you. Control your cough with Robitussin DM Max. Soothe your throat, relieve your cough, and don't suffer the consequences. Use as directed. If you've got aches, pains, and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to what Georgia has to say about relief factor. Over the years, I've had several injuries. I have had lots of pain, and it's been hard for me to exercise. Now, I'm much more active, so I'm losing weight, and I feel better. I would recommend it to anyone. For more information about Relief Factor and the two-week quick start for just $19.95, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. This is an announcement for all people who want to take a risk-free challenge to whiten their teeth in five minutes. By calling now, you can whiten your teeth in five minutes using clinically proven power swabs. This risk-free challenge is for people whose smile has been yellowed by coffee, tea, red wine, or smoking. The Power Swabs 5-Minute challenge is available by responding to this advertisement if lines are busy try again because the power swabs five minute challenge is exclusive it's not available in drugstores power swabs was formulated by dr martin ginniger and whitens teeth with a patented tooth detergent and whitening agent it's so effective we challenge you to try it for five minutes to see how white your smile could be get it risk-free dial 1-800-204-1201 that's 1-800-204-1201 Transform your smile into a wow, you look great smile. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. To join Rudy Max's world, call anytime, 800-387-8025. Follow the program on Facebook at Rudy Max's World. Now back to America's number one travel radio show. Welcome back. It's about, oh, 18 minutes after the hour. And this hour of Rudy Max's World is brought to you by TriCalm. Whether you travel or not, do you experience dry, dead skin? Well, between cold weather and dry cabin air on planes, that's a recipe for dry, uncomfortable skin. TriCalm works to soothe these skin irritations. In fact, a recent clinical study showed Tricalm is five times more effective re at reducing itch than 1% hydrocortisone. And it's backed by an itch-free guarantee. If it doesn't work, simply mail the tube back for a refund. If you've got dry, irritated winter skin, pick up some Tricalm. Easy to travel with. Comes in a two-ounce tube, perfect for your carry-on. You can find Tricalm in the white and blue box in the anti-itch aisle at Walgreens, Walmart, and CVS Pharmacies. You know, in the several years I've been doing radio and travel, and the, the two decades I've been writing about travel, 
I've never really considered airport carpeting, but it's become a very big deal in Portland, Oregon. In fact, it's almost gone viral, this issue, because 27 years ago, Portland, Oregon put down, I don't know, 27,000 square, 28,000 square feet of carpeting, and now they're bringing it up and putting in new stuff, and a lot of people are upset about that because who knew? They thought the carpet in Portland Airport was iconic. John Schleining, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, Schleining. John, John Schleining is the architect. He's a founding principal of a company called SRG Partnership uh, based in Portland. He is an architect, and he, along with a colleague named Lori Hill, more than 27 years ago, put this carpet in that airport, and he joins me now. John, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. Hi, Rudy. Thank you. Thank you for calling. All right, so let's take go back 27 years ago. Well, you were a much younger architect than you are now. Were you in charge of doing the interior of the airport, the entire airport, or were you the carpet guy? No, no, we were in charge. Actually, it was an interesting time because if you think back then, uh, you just didn't have a lot of the media that's there. You, uh, uh, you smoked a lot, so carpet or materials that you walked on, they were worried about gum and cigarette burns, and so it was a very practical kind of time. But we were hired actually not to put down carpet, but to take a look at some of the commercial retail stuff. And uh, a lot of that was pretty generic and uh, not very exciting. And the port, Portland, who runs the airport, wanted to have something that was really celebratory to welcome people to the state of Oregon. So we Okay, so we'll get, to the re- we'll get to the retail part in a moment, because I know you did something that actually you, you thought would be remembered longer than the carpet. So the carpet, so did, did you all act, the, the design of the carpet that's so distinctive is that apparently it's the layout of the runways, if seen from above, of Portland's airport. Am I correct? Well, it's a combination of things. That's part of it. That's the, that's the uh, pattern that's on the top surface. But the port uh, wanted some uh, time, something iconic that was like Mount Hood or a rose or things associated with Portland and the Northwest. And we were just worried that it would start looking like a motel or a hotel. So it, the base of the colors are blue and green that capture water and mountains and green. And then you have overlaid on it a, a very simple geometry of some reds and blues that pick up the runways and the lighting on the runways. And that's the thing that is uh, the combination of the two, the very dark uh, blue-green background with the uh, sort of landing patterns or the abstract kind of patterns on the surface is what has appealed to people over the 27 years. Well, when did it begin to be obvious to you and uh, Ms. Hill, who worked with you on this carpet design, that people were really in love with it, that people cared anything about it? Well, there were several instances during the last 27 years where they, you know, it was getting worn, and they said, we've got to replace it. And so the issue comes up, uh, uh, do we change the design or not? And whenever they tested it in various areas, there was some resistance, nothing like you see today. But there was resistance, and so they went back and just repeated, you know, uh, the pattern that was there and uh, were able to retain it over an extended period of time. Manufacturers been out of business, uh, moved uh, the operation to Europe, so it's not as easy to just say we're going to have more of the same. So it came to a time that let's, <clears throat> let's do something different, and it took 27 years to get there. But by the time it came, it created quite a hubbub. All right, now let's talk about this hubbub a little, because this has gone sort of nuts. I mean, there's, I gather in Portland there's even a, uh, a local beer named after the oh, carpet. Yeah. And people are getting tattoos of the carpet design on their bodies. 
it's I mean it's it's just absolutely crazy, uh, and it's again part of just the uh, sort of median world that we live in. There's t-shirts, there's socks. Uh, people are doing uh, travel bags uh, for bicycles and other things, and there's a tremendous amount of interest of purchasing the used carpet so it can be manufactured into different kind of products. One of the dilemmas yeah. the port's facing right now. Well, and we're we we're going to talk. It? By the way, we're going to talk in about ten minutes with a woman who's making hats of that design, but we'll leave that aside for the moment. So, when did this start? I know it sort of started to go national recently. The Wall Street Journal did a front page piece on it. But when did this start in Portland that, that people said, wait a minute, save our carpet, don't take away our carpet design? I would think probably about four to six months ago. I mean, it's, it's really very recent. And it, uh, it started with uh, uh, some people sort of coming out at the port with the, the socks. You want to buy socks that have the design of the uh, carpet on it. A few people responded to it. It went online, uh, got quite a bit of feedback, and all of a sudden that cascaded into what you see today with uh, just uh, uh, actually this sort of uh, real frenzy about what do I do with the carpet, what can I do with the carpet. People coming to Halloween parties dressed up as the airport <laughs> with the design t- tattooed on them or all kinds of things. So it, I mean, it's my, quite bizarre, but it's very, very, very recent. My guest is a Portland, Oregon architect named John Schleining, who 27 years ago, along with a colleague named Laura Hill, designed and installed tens of thousands of acres of carpeting at the Portland airport that is now being brought up and is being, it's become a cause celeb in Portland as well. 28,000 square feet of teal carpeting to be exact. Okay, you did something else. When we talked about you coming on the show, you and I talked the the other day, um, there was actually something that you did that was very innovative, or your firm did at Portland's airport, that you thought would be a bit of a legacy for you that was new, that's been copied around the country and it wasn't the carpet, was it? No, it wasn't. It was, again, the retail sort of piece. And uh, we wanted the, the port wanted to do something that welcomed people to the northwest in Oregon. And so we developed a concept called the Oregon Market, which was totally Oregon products. We had things like Powell's Books and Nike and uh, uh, Harry and David was located out of Oregon. We had just Oregon products, and we tried to create something that was really a symbol of just the gateway to the state of Oregon. And we had economists and others working with us that said it'll never fly. Uh, we uh, held firm, uh, and it's been copied repeatedly around and become the model. Uh, and then, of course, one of the big transitions that have occurred in air travel is, you know, the marketing and the and the commercial piece of it has just taken off incredibly. So there's malls within airports, etc. Didn't didn't exist like that 27 years ago. Not so that only was are the thing that was transformative. Not only are there these stores selling only state things, I see them in major airports everywhere, but I see them in malls now. I know the Mall yeah. of America where I live, you know, Minnesota store with everything Minnesota and Wisconsin, the cheese, you know, the, you, you did start a trend, but now you're famous and you're on this radio show because of the carpet <laughs> with the layout yeah. of the Portland airport's runways. What, <laughs> do you have any piece of the carpet? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, with the age, I'm trying to get rid of things, but it's, uh, I probably will before it's over because the office is the office. We're going to hang some on the walls in the in the office, and it, it's really part of our legacy. And uh, we're proud of it. And if we if we remember for that, that's that's a good thing too because it it really has brought the community together and uh, something that they really love. What's the airport going to do with this 28,000 square feet of carpet that they're ripping up? <laughs> Well, I think they, they, they're they realizing that they've got a commodity that's more valuable than just going into the dump or being recycled. 
there's a lot of people that want it, and they're willing to pay a price for it. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens over the next couple months as they proceed with the uh, uh, removal of the carpet and the replacement with the new carpet. Do you think they'll cut it up and put it in the Portland, Oregon store there at the airport, pieces of it? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. You know, it, uh, you know, you just... Uh, there's a lot of, again, the interest, it's short-lived, but the interest is there. And it's uh, to see the photographs of people just taking selfies of their feet on the carpet. I mean, there must be thousands <laughs> and thousands of people. You know, it's it's sort of, uh, and probably that's my, my, my legacy. I ought to lie down on the carpet and take a selfie and say, all right. 50 years of architecture, here's what I achieved. <laughs> here, here, here I rest. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid it's going to be your obituary. Guy who designed Portland Airport carpet dies today. <laughs> we only have 30 seconds hope, left. Go ahead. I'm just, I hope there's more. <laughs> I'm sure there will be. We only have 30 uh, seconds left. Um, what, what, are your, what kind of teasing do you get from, fellow, from colleagues, other architects? I mean, everybody, everybody's interested in what's done, and you sort of wonder, will you ever do something that you get to 15 minutes of fame? And I suppose this is our 15 minutes of fame, Rudy. John Schlining's <laughs> a Portland architect. John, thanks for dropping by. Rudy, thank you so much. Take care. Thank you. Take care. We'll be right back in Rudy Max's work. Rudy Max's World phone lines are open anytime, so call us at 800-387-8025. And so is the website at RudyMaxa.com. Stay with us. We're coming right back after these messages. Data knows you love posting selfies. Others might see a reflective surface, but you see an opportunity. Like right now, you just caught a glimpse of yourself and you like what you see, and you're thinking everyone else would probably like it too. Go ahead, you've got more data and you're paying less with Boost Mobile. For only $35 a month, you can take your selfie game to the next level. Parked car window, click, selfie. Person wearing sunglasses, click, selfie. Anything shiny, don't mind if you do. You, my friend, have no selfie control. And data's okay with that. Come to data. Get more data for less with unlimited talk and text for $35 a month, only at Boost Mobile. $35 plan includes one gigabyte a month of high-speed data, video streaming limited to three. 3G speeds. After applicable data allotment reach, data speeds including video reduced to 2G speeds for remainder plan cycle. International services extra. Offer and coverage not available everywhere and subject to change. State and local sales taxes fees may apply when adding funds to accounts. Offer network use rules and other restrictions apply. See BoostMobile.com or in-store materials for details. are always open at 800-387-8025 and stay connected with the program at rudymaxa.com now back to rudy Maxa's world now what can the new powerful u.s dollar buy in other countries it's worth about 21 percent more than a year ago than it was a year ago in sweden in munich buy a freshly brewed beer for 443 Dollar's gone up 15% against the euro, 10% against the yen. In Argentina, you got 21% more buying power than if you paid in dollars last February. Speaking of traveling around the world, Bob and Mary Carey recently sat down with uh, the head of a very interesting travel agency. And, uh, well, I'm going to let Bob take it. We're talking to Dan Sullivan, the CEO of Colette. Uh, Colette is a family-owned business. I, I think in the industry, most people associate Colette with providing excellent product at value. Thought we would catch up with him today 
and learn a little bit about the company and find out some of the things that they may be planning for 2015 and perhaps looking ahead to 2016. So, Dan, welcome to Rudy Max's World. Well, it's great to be here. Give us a little background on Colette. Uh, I know you're, you're there. You've, te- you've uh, assumed the role from your dad, but you were telling us earlier a little bit about the history. Update the audience on Colette and what makes it special. Well, it's family business. Jack Colette founded in 1918. He sold it to Dan Sullivan Sr., my dad, in 1962. And it was a small company then. I came in the business in the um, 70s, and there were about seven employees. There's over 620 now. There's still 10 Sullivans that work there. And the third generation of Sullivans are now in the business. And the fourth generation of Sullivans are just being born. They're all like six and under, you know. So are you grooming them for the We are day? grooming okay, them, yes. Okay, good, good. Yes, Start there's now. 17 grandchildren of uh, oh my. my mother's grandchildren. And then there's, there's uh, I think, eight uh, and soon to be nine great-grandchildren of my mother, who's chairwoman of the board. So with such a rich history in the travel industry, what are some of the changes you've seen over the years in the way people approach travel, booking, and where they want to go, and how they get their information? I think a lot of people get their information off the internet, but they want to call and book a, uh, through a travel agent. And one of the reasons is um, it's complicated. You know, there's, when you walk into a travel agency, there's so many brochures, so many tour operators. It is really confusing. No matter how good you are in product, you won't know it all. And I believe, Dan, that you don't work with online discounters, correct? We do not. We took a stand to protect the travel agent community and the brick-and-mortar agents that we will not even take a reservation from an online discounter. We've got to protect the agent. So the traveler of 2015, from when you started 40 years ago, how have they changed? What are you seeing? What are you offering today that you may not have offered in the past? Well, the more discerning, um, the many. it's a big industry, uh, guided touring. Because there's thousands of tour operators were in state regulated. Like until 1981, it was a regulated market, so you couldn't just enter. Right. Now it's deregulated. There's thousands of operators, but a client today is more discerning. They want more immersion into the culture. You know, they want to. If you're in China and you're in Beijing, they want to meet the locals. And so we'll take a hutong ride through the back streets of old Beijing and have a lunch at a Chinese family. That hits their goals, even if they don't speak good English, they just want to be inside that home right. to see what it's like and see how the Chinese people live. River tours, uh, uh, river cruises, I'm sure. You know, guided tours, certainly a part of your business that, that people may be familiar with. But river cruises, uh, what percentage of business is that for you now? That's small. We don't own river cruises. We made decision not to. We do sell them. We have a number of offerings in different dates all over. And uh, the Danube, Rhine, Tulip River Cruise, the Dora River. We have a number of river cruises. Then, of course, in China, on the Yangtze. So we Egypt is back on the Nile, and there's a number of them all over, but we're, we focused on the land-based touring, and we have a number of good river cruise offerings, but it, river cruise is a growing market. Mm-hmm. And what about the small group tours, the Explorations line? Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? It's the fastest growing because it, the average size is 19. You can have as many as 25. You may have as few as eight, eight or nine people on it, but it gives you a chance to stay in more of those boutique hotels go into restaurants that you couldn't take maybe 35 or 40 people. So you can go in and immerse yourself into that local trattoria in Rome or wherever you are in the world. Uh, stay in a villa in Tuscany, which we do on the treasures of Italy. And people like that. They, that's where they picture themselves. So it works. I was talking to Rudy before the interview, and he wanted me to ask you, travel to Russia. Have you seen that right now? Has Is it 
down considerably? And, yes. And, and do you see any uptick coming? We're going to have a few departures operate. There's still some people going. Some tour operators have canceled the whole program because it is a political football. Yeah. And you don't know where it's going to go. It has softened a little bit, okay. but it's certainly not people, uh, you know, surging back to Russia. You know, that's going to take a little time to work itself out. We've got about uh, 45 seconds or so. Tell our audience around the country of folks, Seattle or Phoenix or Florida, wherever it may be, in, in, in your in Providence where you're based, what makes Colette unique and, and why should they consider using your company? You know, if you book a program with us and book our air, we transport you to the airport in a private sedan. People love that because Colette has five-star touring at four-star hotels. And that sedan service to the airport really takes care of the hardest part of the tour, getting to and from the airport, you know, and pl- before your trip. So you don't have to worry about that. So it's just, that's a big thing. Uh, Waive a policy where they can cancel for any reason and get cash back. That's critical, you know, and then I think our product, where we immersive into the culture of whatever the destination is, is really key. And I would say, again, being a family-owned business, you're putting, you understand firsthand because you're you're not out there like one of the big aggregators. Every customer to you, I would think, would be important, and you're going to do everything you can to keep that customer satisfied and, and hopefully have them come back and return in the future. That's exactly right. And giving back, you know, the Collect Cares program where we visit sites around the world and build orphanages and schools and things like that. Clients, that's been a huge hit. Thank you, Dan. Can you tell our listeners how they can find information about Collect? www.gocollect.com. We'll be right back. Join Rudy Max's world by calling 800-387-8025. Access the show anytime at rudymaxa.com. We're coming right back. If you've got aches, pains, and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to what Dave has to say about relief factor. I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about relief factor and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled. For more information about Relief Factor and the two-week quick start for just $19.95, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. This is an announcement for all people who want to take a risk-free challenge to whiten their teeth in five minutes. By calling now, you can whiten your teeth in five minutes using clinically proven power swabs. This risk-free challenge is for people whose smile has been yellowed by coffee, tea, red wine, or smoking. The Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is available by responding to this advertisement. If lines are busy, try again. Because the Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge challenge is exclusive, it's not available in drugstores. Power Swabs was formulated by Dr. Martin Ginniger and whitens teeth with a patented tooth detergent and whitening agent. It's so effective, we challenge you to try it for five minutes to see how white your smile could be. Get it risk-free. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. Transform your smile into a wow, you look great smile. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. Robitussin Coughlequence number 29, the not-so-silent night. (coughs) Sorry, hon. You keep waking me up. I think that's... Hon, it's 3 (coughs) a.m. Control your cough with Robitussin DM Max Nighttime. It has a unique dual-action liquid that instantly soothes your throat and delivers fast, powerful relief of the coughs that can keep you up at night, which is good news for you and the person one pillow over. Robitussin, don't suffer the consequences. Use as directed. 
data knows you love posting selfies. Others might see a reflective surface, but you see an opportunity. Like right now, you just caught a glimpse of yourself and you like what you see, and you're thinking everyone else would probably like it too. Go ahead, you've got more data and you're paying less with Boost Mobile. For only $35 a month, you can take your selfie game to the next level. Parked car window, click, selfie. Person wearing sunglasses, click, selfie. Anything shiny, don't mind if you do. You, my friend, have no selfie control. And data's okay with that. Come to data. Get more data for less with unlimited talk and text for $35 a month. Only at Boost Mobile. $35 plan includes one gigabyte a month of high-speed data. Video streaming limited to 3G speeds. After applicable data allotment reach, data speeds including video reduced to 2G speeds for remainder plan cycle. International services extra. Offer and coverage not available everywhere and subject to change. State and local sales taxes fees may apply when adding funds to accounts. Offer network use rules and other restrictions apply. See BoostMobile.com or in-store materials for details. To participate in the program, call anytime, 800-387-8025, or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Once again, you're in Rudy Maxa's world. Ten minutes ago, we were talking with the architect who, along with a colleague, laid down 27 years ago that, well, he didn't actually lay it down, but he designed the carpet that uh, is being taken up at Phoenix, excuse me, Portland, Oregon's uh, airport. And uh, the design, which features uh, a blue and green background with a the layout of the runway system at, uh, at the airport has become uh, a, a local icon. It's become a national fixation with folks who don't want to see it go. And it's being memorialized in all kinds of ways. Tattoos on people's body, uh, a, a local beer named after it. Danielle Baskin is an artist who is CEO and founder and painter for Bell Helmets. And we're talking about helmets that you wear. And uh, Danielle, welcome to the show. I understand you have found a way to incorporate the carpet into your helmet business. Yeah, um, I originally designed uh, the, the Portland Airport carpet back in 2013 uh, before I even knew it was going to disappear. Um, so, yeah, kind of funny. I've been selling so many of them now, but I just thought it would be um, a design that I'd have for a long time. So you're saying that before now, before the brouhaha that began with the uh, planned replacement of the carpet, that, that a couple of years ago, people, locals, you live in Portland, obviously. No, um, I actually don't live in Portland. Where do you live? I live in New York. Well, how did you come to what? Uh, <laughs> I've back been up to a little. Portland. I've been to Portland a few You've times. Been, well, so I've been to a lot of airports. It never occurred to me to put a design on a helmet. What? Um, back up a little here. Yeah, so I, uh, I look out for iconic designs all the time and actually uh, had taken some pictures of the, of the airport carpet uh, back in 2010 on my first business trip there. Um, I didn't think about putting it on a helmet and till 2013 but um i have other iconic designs that i put on helmets so this is kind of perfect but wait a minute you're going walking through the airport and you take a picture of the carpet is this because you already knew it was beloved by portland residents or just caught no, your eye it's because i loved it too wow it's not just a, i think it just has has power that's amazing so when you put it on <laughs> what are we talking about here bicycle helmets motorcycle yeah, helmets? It's a, it's a, uh, it could work on a motorcycle helmet or a ski helmet but mostly i do it on bicycle helmets did you have to get permission of anybody to copy the design? Uh, not that I know of. I guess I could uh, ask ask John. 
Well, you know, the architect I talked to about 10 minutes ago on air said the company that manufactured it is out of business, if that helps you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I guess know. they designed I didn't it. Look he up sounds. The copyright on it. Well, the, if, you can listen to the podcast if you didn't catch the first part of the show of the architect talking. He actually designed it, he and a colleague. But uh, yeah. he sounds like a really nice guy, so I don't think he's going to. I think he's delighted you have it on your helmets. Um, <laughs> okay, so you're walking around in 2010, and the, the carpet on the floor in the airport caught your eye, and you take a picture of it in totally. 2013. It's a- yeah, it's a very unique carpet. It's different. So the the colors, I that. yeah, the colors are brighter than other airports. It has a very um, simple geometric pattern, which isn't that common, um, and it was just so striking. And so yeah, I took a picture of it. By the way, I have posted that uh, a picture of it at, on my Facebook fan page. Uh, if you go to Facebook and look for Rudy Max at Travel oh, cool. Leisure, you'll find it, and uh, and you'll see a link to the Wall Street Journal piece, which also mentions uh, Danielle's. Uh, helmet business. Okay, sorry. So you photographed in t- 2010, and what moved you in 2013 to add it to a helmet? Again, did, is it because you had learned that in Portland it was an iconic thing, or no? I didn't know it was iconic. Um, I think I saw. Hmm, I was on Instagram, and I follow some uh, some bike groups in Portland, and someone had made a airport um, carpet bicycle jersey. Uh, like a spandexy, they just had the design as a part of it, and so I immediately thought to put it on a helmet, um, just because I had done other helmets that are kind of iconic symbols. Like I have a helmet that's like the solo cup pattern. Right, right. <laughs> well, did this one just take off with the th- removal of the carpet, or was it a yeah, pretty steady sell so from the beginning? Kind, yeah, it was kind of. Um, no, I didn't sell many at the beginning because I wasn't advertising it. Um, but I think after I sold a few and people in Portland told their friends about it, um, it got uh, some coverage online. And then when they started um, writing about removing it, then I was um, added to the list of items. You only have 30 seconds left. Do you paint these by hand? Yeah, they're all painted by hand, and I I flick some white paint on it to give it the texture, and then um, all of the squares are actually cut out of vinyl and then melted onto it and then varnished. Oh, my goodness. If you'd like to— Yeah, uh, they take a long time to do, so— And what are you selling for, Danielle? um, I'm selling these for $95. If you would like to see Danielle's helmets and what she does, her website is bellhelmets.com, and it's important you know that Bell has an E on it, so it's like Southern Bell. Danielle, great— a great find in 2010. Thank you for telling us about it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Bellhelmets.com. Bell with an E. Check it out. We'll be right back. Connect with America's number one travel radio show by calling 800-387-8025 or follow the program at RudyMaxa.com. We'll be right back. To connect with the program, call 800-387-8025. That's 800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. Welcome back. 52 minutes after the hour. Eileen Ogans, my guest uh, for this segment, is a nationally known family travel expert. Her syndicated column called Taking the Kids is the most widely distributed column on family travel. Her website is takingthekids.com. She's written nine books on how to take your kids to various cities and, and advice on traveling. And she's got a new book out. 
on uh, how to travel with a family. And we invited her aboard this week to talk about uh, a little bit of spring break stuff if you're taking a family vacation. And the phrase family vacation, Eileen, is always fraught with peril and anxiety and a lot of different agendas. Generally, how do you plan a good family vacation? Then we'll get into spring break specifically. Well, Rudy, I think the first thing you need to do is get the kids involved in the planning because Bingo. the more they are involved, the happier everybody's going to be. And I mean, obviously, they're not going to you're not going to say, um, you know, you're not going to agree to go to Paris when you have a Branson budget. But, you know, within parameters, okay. get them Speak- involved. All right. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, having had two kids, I couldn't agree more. You want them involved so they don't feel like, what? What is it? How did we wind up here? I don't like this. Right. Um, and right, so s- there's something else about that, too. They're going to lead you in directions you wouldn't have otherwise gone, which is true. really kind of fun. And I, that's You're absolutely right. Okay, spring break. So we've got spring break coming up. Um, you have some suggestions in, in your column that I read about places to go. Let's take some off for the audience. Um, well, it all depends, first of all, on where and, and when, but, um, you know, fly, flying or driving. But it, there's everything from, let's say, for example, seeing Yellowstone in winter, which is, having done it myself, is really cool, um, to going to a ski mountain because there are lots of kids-free deals and the weather is warmer, um, to, of course, Orlando, which is spring break central. And um, and then also, you know, maybe a city break, you know, whether it's D.C. or San Francisco um, or San Diego, you know. A, I think a kids weekend. like cities more than we adults give them credit for, don't you? I think they really do. And, I, you know, for Particularly a if they kids, don't live in a big city. Well, they don't live in a big city. A lot of the kids I interviewed for my book said one of the best parts you know, one of a really fun thing to do is to walk around a city with no agenda, the buildings, the vibe, the the people, a lot of museums. In fact, I'd say most mu- major museums now have all kinds of special family activities, um, which are fun for the kids. And it's a good way to explore kids' interests, you know, whether it's science or art or theater, you know, and also hotels really dial into kids these days and tend to treat them like VIPs. Now, everybody likes to be treated like they're special, right? So it's kind of cool (laughs) for a kid to be in a hotel. No question. Um, It's also, it might be a convenient time, too, if you've got someone who's a sophomore or junior in college to take some college trips, right, and turn that into a family vacation. If they're willing to travel with you, yes. Oh, Um, come on. And and another another thing is... uh, I was just doing some research about this yesterday. London, for example, you know, if you're thinking about a trip across the pond, spring is a much better time than summer. It's cheaper. The flights are cheaper. The hotels are cheaper. There'll be less crowds. So, you know, you could you could probably do a trip like that that might be affordable in spring when it might not be in summer. Where do you so, come down on cruises, family cruises? Well, you know, cruises can be a really great bet for a family, especially if you're a multi-generational group, because there is something for everybody on board. It's a very easy trip 
to bring grandparents along on. Mm -hmm. You can cruise from a port near your home. You you have more than two dozen to choose from, so you de-stress the trip that way. You just park and go. You don't have to deal with the airport. You don't have to deal with paying for flights. Um, A lot of families like cruises because you know going in pretty much what you're going to pay. You know, obviously, shore excursions and alcohol are, are extra, but your entertainment, your transportation, your meals are all included. So um, kids like cruises because they can have more freedom than they might sure. have on another they can vacation. run around. What, we, we only have, Eileen, let me interrupt you. We only have a minute left. Volunteer vacations. I think they're great for older kids, for, for sure. Older um, being teenagers? Uh, teenagers are 12 and older. And one thing about volunteer trips is they don't have to be the entire trip. You know, you can spend a day or two on vacation volunteering. So I'll just say, Rudy, tell people can look at our our spring break guide at takingthekids.com, and there'll be a lot more details about what we talked about. All right. The website is uh, for the newsletter and, and details about spring break possibilities for you and your family at takingthekids.com, Eileen Ogans' site. Hey, Eileen, thank you for dropping by. Have a good sure. spring break yourself. Yeah, you too, Rudy. Happy travels. You as well. I'm Rudy Maxa. You're listening to Rudy Maxa's World. By the way, you know, we invite you to call 800-387-8025. When you call that number, unless you happen to come in when we're doing the show live, you'll get a recording inviting you to leave your message and uh, your time zone and your phone number. And if it's something I can help you with, keep in mind I'm not a travel agent. I don't plan trips. We'll either have you on the show or I'll talk to you personally. Ending the first hour of the show, some of our stations leave us. We hope yours doesn't. For the rest of us, got a big full second hour coming up. Don't go away. Be back in six minutes. You've been listening to Rudy Max's World, America's number one travel radio show on the SSI Radio Network.